Well, let's jump into this. I'm Jason and he's Rich. This is Remastered and you, uh, dear listener, get to listen to another Olympic episode because I think we're going to talk about, uh, well, a little bit about the Olympics to start, but then transfer into talking about some sports video games because both Rich and I played an awful lot of video games growing up. We'll have lots to say about them, but for right now, Rich, uh, the UK is not doing so well in London. Are we, are we not? I've, I've been, we've got four medals now, haven't we? Uh, I just looked at the medal count. You have zero gold medals. Yeah. We're building up to it, right? You see, here, here's the thing. You guys go rushing off ahead because you've got to get all you, the quick little ones that are at the beginning. And we, we're playing the long game here. You wait till things like the hockey and the volleyball come in, the football, the, all the sailing boat ones, all of those, and then the running ones. We're better at those as well. Now, I just Googled it to make sure that this is up to date as as the absolute most recent count. Uh, it's July 31st. It's 7.17 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. As of right now, the United Kingdom has zero gold medals, yeah. two silver, two bronze, a total of four. Would you care to posit a guess as to what country is leading the count? I, I'm looking at the chart on Google, so I, I can tell you with some certainty that, <laughs> that it is China. The Chinese are kicking everybody at everybody's asses, including the U.S. Yes, they are. Although I told, I, I saw a list today of the countries with the highest uh, percent, highest proportion of medals won per athlete, and it's Qatar and North Korea in the are in the lead. Oh, I see what you mean. So yeah. it's it's not per population; it's per capita. How many athletes they sent yeah. to the game? So Qatar sent twelve guys, and one of them has won a medal. So that's eight percent of their entire athletic How much force. bang for the buck each athlete provides yeah. for your country? Whereas we've sent five hundred and sixty odd people, and won four medals. So our percentage is considerably less. China overall has twenty three. The United States has twenty two. France with eleven. Uh, South Korea for Kazakhstan three. It's a really weird breakdown this year. It is so far. It really is. I'm. I'm. Germany is usually the one that you expect to be way up there, and they're only they're let's see two gold medals, five overall. But they got two already. Oh God, they have. What did they get those for? Those uh, equestrian events. I'm not seeing them here. You know, I just googled it, and Google does the nice little information thing. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't say exactly what they're in. I can tell you that uh, the United States have not really been where they've been expected to come from. Are you not doing as well as you would have, as you expected? Well, we're kind of right on par. We're under where most people expected. But the gold medals that we have didn't come from the folks that we thought that they would come from. I, I saw one particular well-expected American not win a medal today. or not Was win it a Phelps race? It It was. He didn't not win a medal. He just didn't win the medal that he thought he was going to win, I think. Or that maybe everybody thought he was going to win. <laughs> That's been pretty much the case every time he's gotten in the pool. I think it was the 100 meters butterfly. And the guy who next to him who did win looked also just as shocked as everybody else. And it was, God, there was nothing in it, though. Now, the big American names that everybody's talking here about are uh, Ryan Lochte. And Michael Phelps by comparison, but Ryan Lochte's the the guy who's actually stepped up to win a bunch of stuff. Uh, there's Kerry Walsh, Misty May Trainer. They're the beach volleyball, or I'm sorry, the uh, yeah, the beach volleyball players. They've been in lots of Olympics, and uh, then there's Jordan Weber. 
who was supposed to be the gymnastics golden child, and she she's crapped out. Right. Oh, our gymnastics team did really well. I mean, they got a bronze last night, which is the best that a, a Great Britain gymnastics team have done in like a hundred years or so. So they were quite pleased with that. They even had silver at one point until China protested. How ironic. Would you like to take a stab at guessing the country that has the most number of summer Olympic medals? Is that... I'm guessing either you guys or Russia. Well, let's let's put it this way. Uh, the problem is that Wikipedia's list is sorted by number of gold medals. So if we're just going by gold, then it's Greece. All right. And this isn't like old, you know, ancient Olympics. This is the modern day Olympics from 1896 to 2010. Greece, Switzerland, Great Britain, France, Sweden, Italy, Denmark, Austria, United States. Wow. So we're beating you really overall in the gold medal thing. That That's all right. You know what? God damn it. I made this <laughs> same mistake this time that I made on Atomic Trivia War because we asked kind of the same question. Right. I really screwed this up. Um, that was the number of games that they've competed in. Oh, right. Okay. Son of a... Okay, so if we're talking total medals, not just gold, I found out that you can also sort this list. This is rid- ridiculous. Uh, it is the United States. 2,296 medals overall. Then the Soviet Union. Then Germany. Great Britain, France, Italy, Sweden, Hungary, Australia, East Germany, China. That makes more sense. Yeah, a lot more sense. I can't believe I made that same mistake twice. I'm such an idiot. Yeah, Jason, come on. <laughs> that come episode on. hasn't been uh, hasn't been released yet. I'll probably cut it cut out the entire part where I'm being a, a nimrod. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, United States on top, Soviet Union in second place. Well, I'm I'm, expe- I'm I'm so enjoying them. I've never watched so much Olympics in my life. Like we talked about last week, I'm not really so much into the summer ones as I am into the winter ones, just because winter ones have the added benefit of having all those environmental hazards. Oh, yeah. Um, so things like cycling, where it really is just very repetitive, very long, sustained shots of people in a row, it gets gets a little bit boring. Um, there have been some events that have been really cool to watch, though, like clay shooting. I haven't seen that yet. Or missed it. There's an American gold medalist for you. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she hit 99 out of 100 of the targets that were sent up. Right. That's that's and very good. It was amazing, too, because it didn't even look like she was glancing at the discs. It looked like she was cocking the gun, but she was just like flicking it out to her side and shooting in like less than half a second. It was amazing how quickly and fluidly she was doing that. It, it was it was staggering to think that she could hit it that well. Her boyfriend or husband behaves much better than you or I do. <laughs> did we talk at all? Uh, no, I don't think that we talked at all about the opening ceremonies, did we? We briefly mentioned it, I think, because I, I got the impression you were less than impressed. But I've I've since heard further things about what you got to see, and I kind of understand. Well, let me preface this by saying that I didn't get to see all of the opening ceremonies, because we watched the beginning of them at my in-law's house, and then we packed up Ryla when she started falling asleep, drove home, and that was about a half an hour that we missed. I actually missed the torch lighting part. 
So what I did get to see was all of the prim, proper Victorian people at Glastonbury tour and the transition to the industrial revolution. And I was just kind of underwhelmed by the whole aesthetic, I guess. Oh, it's, it was all very, I, I loved it. It was very, very English. The whole thing, it, I, Danny Boyle is God over here right now. You, you have to, under, there's been no one in this country said a bad word about that opening ceremony. <laughs> and I think it was the bit we were almost worried about. But it, everyone here, generally, the consensus is that it was amazing. Now, one of the positive things that I had from a lot of people over here is that we really, really, as Americans, liked the, well, you know how we like, like explosions and bright lights yeah. and shiny things. We, we liked the big Olympic rings that were, you know, sparking and Beckham driving the motorboat underneath and James Bond and the Queen jumping out of the helicopter. She trained for ages to do that. By the way, the queen. Have you seen? Have you seen the image macro that's going around about the queen? I, there are many. There are just so many of them. I might have done the picture from this opening ceremonies. It's really very hilarious. It's it, most of the people that I have talked to who saw the opening ceremonies remarked how she looked almost antagonized to she, have to be there. She did, didn't she? She really did not look impressed. It we, was quite dead. It was when the camera cut to her and she's just picking out dirt from under her fingernails and didn't, we were sat there for what felt the longest time thinking, cut away, cut away, don't show her like this, cut away, show anything else. And she was just on the on the screen, not watching the, the ceremony. Here, I posted the image macro in, the, in Skype in our little private chat that we've got going on. That's the most popular one that went around. Yeah, that one. <laughs> the other one was uh, Let the Hunger Games Begin. There are just so many of them. Uh, and the one that Lisa liked was, um, kill them all, Philip, kill them all. <laughs> she had a button, and she's always got a button with her. She thinks it's connected, it's not really, she's old. See, I was actually secretly hoping, because you, you didn't know who was going to be the person to bring the torch. Into Nobody knew what was going to happen with lighting the, the, the flame at the end. And we assumed it would just be one person. Like when it was when we when David Beckham wasn't David Beckham, was it? He was on the boat, and then the girl from Sheffield gave Steve Redgrave the the torch, and we were all happy because everyone loves Steve Redgrave because he can't not win at rowing. It's it's weird. See, that's the other thing is that we didn't know who an awful lot of those people were. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, like most Americans are going to recognize David Beckham. Oh yeah. Because he's so dreamy. He is lovely, isn't he? I, I saw him this, down. He was over here a while ago. I, who's I, this Redgrave guy? Steve Redgrave. He's, uh was an Olympic rower. He won the gold medal. Him and Matthew Pinson won the, is it the Coxless Pairs? Which amuses the crap out of me as a name for something. No, I was, I was going to say something about yeah, it. Yeah, as, for... as if it's a real thing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but they they won that something like five Olympics in a row, or some they like I said they couldn't not win at, at rowing. Whatever they did as a pair, they just got in a boat and just rowed faster than everybody else. And I think Steve he might have won more gold medals than other anyone. I don't know. I might be making that one up. Someone fact check me on that one. But he's a big deal because so he's, he was your he was your Lance Armstrong. Yeah, pretty much. 
uh, and he's retired now, but he's he's on all the Olympic coverage on TV. He's very, very popular and very, very famous. Um, and it, that so that was good. We were fine with it being him. But when they when you know when they passed the torch on to the kids and they all lit their own torch and that sort of thing, apparently not even the parents of the kids knew that they were going to be doing that. They were just told, "Your kids in the ceremony. Can you bring them down, please?" And so they didn't. They didn't even know. And I, I thought the torch lighting was just spectacular. That was the best one I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. Of those, the Mister Bean bit was funny. I as agree. As... I've always loved Rowan Atkinson. I that because it, it was such a shock that because you I just you said I think right they're just going to play Chariots of Fire but when he just pans up and there's Rowan Atkinson there was a moment of disbelief in that. Uh, but very entertaining, very enjoyable. Don't have a bad word to say about any of it. And Tim Berners Lee tweeting from his next cube, live in the stadium. Brilliant. Have you heard the uh, the scandals about the Olympians who have been disqualified or kicked out of the games for their racist tweets? I think th- there was a Greek athlete that didn't get to go because she tweeted something. I right. think, and I don't know if anyone's done anything since then. I there was a there was someone there were, kicked out for drug use as well. There were two of them for tweets. I just saw it on the evening news a little while ago, but uh, I can't remember. One of them was about Africans. Uh, West Nile mosquitoes having some home food because there were so many Africans at the games. Right. That that athlete was disqualified, of course. Yeah. But the biggest controversy, and you mentioned this right before we started recording, uh, you know, NBC is not doing so well right now. Yeah, they're not doing so well. Lots of Americans pissed off, especially because they totally cut out from the opening ceremonies that whole tribute to the 2005 uh, terror attacks. I well, have, I mean, not not a tribute to the attacks. You know what I mean. Yeah, I, I have been so close on pulling the trigger on a Facebook status that said, so does this mean we don't have to give a crap about listening to you bang on about 9-11 anymore? And that's just, it's like, no, that's too harsh, Rich. That's, that's not, it's not even funny. That even. is a little bit harsh. It's too harsh, because, and then you're being as bad. Be the better person. So I've never, I've not said that, but... I actually found that really offensive as something for them to do. And it's it's not like I go on about remembering our terrorism victims and that sort of thing. We move on a lot more. But I'd say of all the bits to cut out, that's, of course that came up for in for people to complain about. Of course it did. And we didn't even know that it was happening until we started seeing media reports pop up else, elsewhere. Uh, here's one. I think it's from AP, but I can't really tell. Um, pretty sure it is. I'm getting it from RT.com. It says, in lieu of broadcasting that portion of Friday's events, NBC instead switched to an interview between American Idol host Ryan Seacrest bleh, and USA swimmer Michael Phelps. When the network was asked to explain its unusual programming choice the following day, a representative for the network suggested that the decision was made because Americans didn't want to see it. Yeah, uh, which again made me angry. It's sort of like th- this concept that things must be made for an American audience, and especially when that thing we're talking about is the goddamn Olympics, which it could not be more about everybody. And the idea of of NBC saying, "Well, we're not showing it because it's it's not for Americans," 
Well, really, none of this is geared towards America specifically. Some other people were a little bit upset that during the Parade of Nations, NBC kept on cutting away for commercial breaks. But you know, everything's on a six-hour time delay here. We we saw it in prime time, many hours after it had happened. And that means that, I mean, there was plenty of time. If they wanted to, they could have aired all of the nations. But what NBC kept on doing was showing little snatches of, while we were out for a commercial break, these nations went through. And they would show them for like two seconds. Like, I'm, I'm not not hyperbolizing at all, literally two seconds, Trinidad and Tobago, or nations that we should consider being lesser or unimportant nations, I guess, is, yeah. is what I took away from, from why they would do that. It's a, I, I'm, I think that's a bit more of a tricky thing, because to be fair, the, the parade of athletes is so boring, and it goes on for so very, very long. Uh, and so I can... It's sort of that if they hadn't put the commercial breaks in, you would have done it yourself and just missed those countries. You would have still got up and gone to the toilet or gone and got a snack or whatever, because I did. In fact, we uh, we were watch we were also watching it on a bit of a time delay, and we fast forwarded through a bit of that. I like that part though. I wouldn't have gone anywhere. I like seeing the different cultural dress. I like seeing different people and the way oh, that they're they, acting. They, they don't wear cultural dress. They don't. They, they don't I mean, come it's... out in in traditional <laughs> national dress. That would be that would be much better than what they actually do. There's a different aesthetic though that you're not going to see if you wander out into the you know streets of Cleveland, Ohio. That's very true, and and all the ladies seem to like the guy that was leading out the Fiji team as well. In fact, I think. There was some sort of comment uh, trending on Twitter after after they came out because their their lead guy had his shirt off, was made of muscle, and was oiled down and shiny. Even Allison said something. It was it was shameful of them. Really. <laughs> but so then, shall we talk a little bit about sports games? Yeah, let's do that. That's that's what we're here for, after all. Sports video games. Uh, we're nerds, right? Absolutely, and, we are. And we're not in the greatest of shape. I think it's safe to say that. I'm not going to offend you by insinuating that you're a little bit doughy like I am. No, I had chest pains walking up the stairs to do the show. <laughs> I got winded last night going up the stairs to get in bed with Lisa. Yes. <laughs> she said, why are you breathing so hard? <laughs> not that overweight, but seriously. Uh, so sports, I think it's safe to say, are not really our thing. We're not athletic nuts. No, not not even a little bit. So we spent probably a disproportionate amount of time playing sports video games because that was always a sport that I could at least be competitive with. Yeah, you you don't need the physical prowess to do a, a video game. Not anymore. I I might insist in a minute that you did early on, but not anymore. With your strong thumb muscles. Oh, we, well, we were. We were on uh, computer gaming as opposed to sort of console gaming back in the early days, so it was joystick waggling for us. We we would go through a joystick maybe once a fortnight. Oh God! I'm making yeah, sorry. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, we back in sort of the the early to mid eighties, maybe late eighties. We'd be going through a joystick every couple of weeks in our house until games of that nature were just banned. Quite frankly, they came, They made a comeback a bit later. It was never a, a harsh ban. It was more a sympathetic look. We are. This is costing us a fortune in hardware 
for you to play this game. So you're going to have to not play the game. That kind of thing. What kind of games were you playing? I'm assuming that you're talking about the Amiga. No, way earlier. So earlier got, than that, even. The Amstrad. Oh, which, which that, is, that thing yeah. that we'd never had here. No, Yeah, so we took a, a, a contemporary of the Commodore 64. We did have some, actually now that I'm thinking about it, some Olympic games for the Commodore 64 way back in the day. I remember playing those at my aunt and uncle's house. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at a list of them now uh, on Wikipedia. And what's actually surprising me is that 1992, the Barcelona Olympics, was the first official uh, Olympics game. And I, you know, because you remember summer games, winter games, uh, track and field. And all these other games from way before 1992 that were Olympic games. And, yeah, it, it never really occurred to me that there were no official ones until then. And it never occurred to me that none of these unofficial ones have the word Olympics on them anywhere. The uh, I could tell you this from being in publishing. The Olympics are very, very careful about controlling their content, their image, their uh, their logo especially. Wow, you wouldn't believe the restrictions that are on Olympic uh, the Olympic rings. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's yeah. I I just wouldn't mess with those. I went hunting this week uh, to be able to use the image of the Olympic rings, just a tiny little postage stamp sized logo for our publications, and uh, I had to jump through so many hoops. I finally said, you know what? This isn't worth it. We'll go without the freaking rings. Everybody knows what you're talking about, so. Yeah, do that. Leave it out. That's what I think. So yeah, it, any, and and it's not even the colours as well. It's just the the shape of the rings. There's so many things. I there are rules around using the word Olympics. Um. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't have to deal with that since anything that's in news coverage is pretty much protected by by our laws. Uh, although, you know, I've mentioned it in a couple of other episodes of Remastered that uh, British protections on the press and US protections on the press are a little bit different. So I'm guessing that your guys have to jump through even more hoops. I have no idea. Uh, no one said anything to me. Don't use the word Olympics. Um, so I don't know. But then we saw it. We, we went and saw the uh, Reduce Shakespeare Company a couple of weeks ago. I might have mentioned that at some point. And they were doing their condensed world of sports. And they made a joke. And I, it was one of those, you're joking, but really, we, we, we you, you're serious about this, aren't you? And that was, they couldn't say the word Olympics. Really? Yeah. And they, That's so bizarre. Yeah. They made a big, th they made a joke out of it. But then you notice, yeah, but you're not saying it though, are you? And you're not actually saying it in the joke about not being able to say it. And you've not written it on that thing over there with all your other... Th and just so many things. That, like, you're joking, but that's true, isn't it? So, who knows? It, it you know, there's is. always the joke here about the NFL and Major League Baseball about how uh, no accounts of this game can be made without the express written consent. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's even the old Simpsons joke about uh, Homer says, Oh, no, I only had implied oral consent. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but those things aren't as strict in the U.S., I don't think, as they are in the U.K. So the first official one was Barcelona Olympic Gold. I don't think I had this. Do you know what? Can we... A, a bigger issue here. 
games based on the Olympics. And it really seems to just be the Olympics because the football guys seem to get away with it. But the Olympic games, generally awful. Would you agree? Well, the types of things that you do in the Olympics aren't the types of things that translate very well to a keyboard or to a mouse or to a, a pad. I mean, if you take the majority of the summer game events, you're talking about who can do X, Y, and Z the fastest. Yeah. Or who can do X, Y, and Z uh, the most accurately. And those things just don't translate to a screen because fast and accurate don't really have much to do with most games. That's that's not what they're built around. They're built around critical thinking or puzzle solving. Yeah, there's nothing else like it, is there? It, it just comes down to hitting those two buttons as quickly as you can. Now, I, I certainly remember some that have, that have been better than others. Um, Winter Olympics games in particular. Now, was it the... No, it wouldn't have been the 98 one. It might have been the Sydney 2000. No, that's not a winter game. I'm an idiot. But I said that on a show. It would have been the PS2 game for the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics. We played that to death in our house. You know, as we're sitting here talking, I really can't remember, other than that one on the Commodore 64, I can't remember ever playing an Olympics game. There's not one on the Atari 2600 that I remember. There's not one on the Nintendo, the NES, that I remember. Um, yeah, I think the yeah. only thing that I can remember, and I even, haven't even played this, but the only one, the only licensed one in modern history that I can remember is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's because they're universally awful. More often than not, they're bad games. Um, they certainly don't have any long playability. The, I mean, the events just aren't dynamic at all. No, um, you know, just watching it on TV the other day, I, I wanted to go and get the computer game. I wanted the Xbox game. And Alison is there going, yeah, but it'll be it'll be £10 in three weeks. Why don't you go and get it then? And I sort of respond, but I won't want to play it in three weeks. I want to play it now when the Olympics are on. And then when they're finished, I won't care anymore. <laughs> and I, I suspect that that's true for most people. The, the, the game's... You know, and this this is probably true for, you know, they do World Cup editions of FIFA and things like that. Once the event is gone, it's your excitement for it is completely and totally gone as well. And especially the Olympics. You can't be always excited for the next Olympics because it's four years there's, away. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of replayability factor. Those games are going to get shelved. And I think really probably the only reason why anyone would play a video game with the Olympic branding on it is to feel like they're participating in the event while it's going on. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot to it. Um, and it, I, I do f some, I have in the past found them enjoyable, but having got, I got the, uh, la the last winter Olympic game and that was just unplayably awful. It, it was just terrible. And I, I think that finished me off. I learned my lesson with that one. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. I, I think before, sort of before there were official games, looking at things like track and field, they were probably much better games and more playable games because they were general sports games, so to speak, rather than concentrating on it being the Olympics. I got track and field for the Xbox. I've yet to play it. I, I just can't imagine what the mechanic would be that would make that game fun. Because like you said, it's going to come down to who can hit the button the fastest or the most times. Well, the mechanic is is that I'd have to play Allison, and of course I can hit the button faster than her. 
<laughs> so it's it's essentially just a game I can beat Alison at a lot, I think. Um, but I I do enjoy them kind of, but I, you can't play them a lot. Not not the athletics games, not at all. You know, Farlam and Punk here in the chat room. I've been chatting with them while we've been talking. You says the Winter Olympics games, the uh, Lilyhammer ones for for the SNES were not completely bad. And he says he really enjoyed the long jump. So I asked him how it worked, what what kind of buttons you had to push in order to make it work. And he said it was direction arrows to control your lean and then timed button press for jumps and landings. It sounds like it, I mean, the, even that kind of game just boils down to a very simple darts mechanic. They, they do. And the problem that you have with them is each different event requires a different skill set. I mean, Essentially, and it's it's true of all console games, you're just hitting the same four buttons. Any game boils down to that. But there there is a mechanic of making the thing you want to happen happen when you want it to happen. And and there's they, certainly though a difference between playing Contra with those same you know A B and directional pad because of all the choices that you have to make on the fly and the, and the dynamicism of of the level that you're running through compared to okay now you need to jump. Yeah. You know, the long jump's not, it's not going to hold your interest for very long because it doesn't ever change. There's no, never any external locus. There's never a pressure that's going to change it from being anything but the optimum crosshairs. So the problem is, is that they have to build into the game mechanic to make that harder and to make it so somebody can be better at it than someone else. It just has to be ridiculously hard, if not near impossible, to do it perfectly. Well, there are other sports games that deal with the same problem. Like one of my favorite sports games is Tiger Woods. You ever played uh, Tiger Woods Golf, any of the franchise? Uh, yes, I have, yes. I mean, when it boils down to it, it's really where are you aiming the ball and are you going to click it when the little meter gets to the right place? So it's really just darts too. But then you have the added dynamic on that of the course. Like we were talking about with the Winter Olympics, it's the environmental factor that throws in because the courses can be different. There's little hills and sand traps and water hazards and all these different things that make the dart game something more than just a dart game. And wind. And wind, right? And backspin. Yeah, all kinds of things. The Tiger Woods games, I, I do enjoy. Uh, They're a very relaxing sport game. They are. It's almost actually like playing golf in that respect. It, it is a nice, gentle walk of a computer game. It's certainly not Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, One I, of my favorite sports games, though, was the opposite end of the spectrum. Did you ever play games where you were just screaming and yelling at the other player because it was all about the competition? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what any football game has ever been about that you might have been playing in a, a dorm. Oh yeah, there, there are certain. That's where these sports games come into their own. Uh, you know, even the Olympics ones. When when I say in our house, the Winter Olympics game was played a lot. I, and and in second thoughts, it wasn't the Winter Olympics. It was the the uh, Sydney Olympic game. I I mean my student house where it was six guys who lived there and their friends who frequently came over, and you'd never have less than four players on it at a time. <laughs> and the element was is that the guy you're competing against is sat within elbowing range while he's having his go. That's all an element of it. You don't want to sit and play the Olympic game on your own. That's just sad. Uh, I think that's where the the Wii really stood up because that stupid Wii Sports has a lot of things that could be considered very, very simple shooting arcade or shooting gallery kind of 
almost too simple to keep your interest kind of games. Yeah. But when you bring in that uh, that action that you have to actually do instead of using buttons and the multiplayer aspect, I mean, that's one of the best-selling games of all times. Uh, absolutely. And I, I must confess to still playing that myself. Now, I have joined the Friday night, Wii night, as a regular Lisa thing. And I, Lisa and I will throw in bowling once in a while. That's the one that keeps the attention. I try to discourage that in our house. I, I was glad our <laughs> Wii broke because, <laughs> you know, you, you technically, from a, a technological standpoint, you, the action needed that that Wiimote needs to register to, to do the bowling is actually not a lot of movement. Whereas no. when Allison plays it, it might as well actually be a bowling ball. There's, Does there's, she get all sweaty th- and steroided up? Yeah, there's almost a, a, a run-up. There's lunging. There's leaning the foot going back. <laughs> all of it. And all of this ends within within a fifteenth of an inch of the television screen. That's Ooh. where it comes to an end. She, she's bowling the ball down the lane into the screen. And I, Are I you making just, sure to wear the sleeve on the Wiimote? It doesn't matter because that's only if you drop it. It doesn't count if you just slam the Wiimote into the screen because that's what's going to happen <laughs> in our house. There's nothing about dropping it. She's going to hammer it into the television with her own hands. And so I was very glad when that broke. And we don't, we don't play it here. I go to someone else's house and play it. And they can get as close to their damn TV as they like. I, I don't care. In fact, that's the time where I hope I'm videoing it when they smash it. But here, no, no we here. But the game we play is, is Wii Sports. And, you know, bowling and uh, golf. Because those you can take turns. Even the tennis is still a bit... Uh, many people playing at the same time, potentially. Rather than... It's, with the bowling, um, it's take a turn. It's also one of those games where you can put in and get into it really quickly and not have any learning curve. Exactly. I think that's what Nintendo had in mind when they made it. It was about, this is one grandma can pick up the controller and just start playing bowling. Which was, in many ways, an absolutely genius idea. It really you know, it was. Does, um, it does make this list. Wii Sports. Did you get a chance to glance over this list here? That I've, I I've moved off that list. Hang on. I shall go back to that list. It was a picture of the Queen frowning at me. It's the International Business Times Sports and Stars section. It's uh, the 10 best sports <coughs> video games of time. They're not ranked in order from 1 to 10. It's just here's 10 games that we think are the best. And Wii Sports is listed right in there. See, now of these games, the first one that jumps out of me, a bit more than Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, because I, ne- I never played that. Is that an early Nintendo game? It's not an early Nintendo game. It's actually, it came a little bit later in the first NES run. Right. And the reason is because, um, here's some trivia for you. <laughs> it was <laughs> the only game ever to use a special memory chip that Nintendo had developed to handle right. um, more... Uh, sprites at one time. I see. And there were plans to use that chip for other games, but about the time that they introduced it is when interest in the NES started waning and they started gearing up for the SNES. Right. Almost one of those things that the legendary bring out a thing that kind of improves the console a little bit because we haven't got the next one out for another year. Exactly kind right. The, the chip was built right into the cart. So it was inside of it. You couldn't use it for other games. It's not like it was something that you could take off and put onto another game. It was it was inside, screwed in, 
and it was the only one that was ever used on. I'm guessing probably also the reason that you didn't get to play that game was because of licensing. Right. Because it was very much a U.S. license. I see. With, with Mike Tyson being what he was in the late 80s. Yeah. Um, but the one that jumps out at me is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Oh, so such a good game. Do you know what? I can't do it. I could never do it. I can't make that damn thing do tricks or jump on things or anything. In many ways, I hate it. In many ways, it is my absolute nemesis of computer gaming. The one I could just never do. I can't do it. I'm arguably better at real-life skateboarding than I am at the, the game. Now, here's the thing is that I skipped Pro Skater. I got into it with Pro Skater 2, which... I think by then, a lot of the critics were saying, yes, they've fixed the controls. So it was a lot easier to pull off these tricks. And especially because I was playing it with um, the Microsoft gamepad on, on a PC. Right. So the buttons were a little bit more geared toward, I mean, it was a little bit more of an ergonomic controller. The genius with Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, was the two-minute rounds. Because that, where I experienced it, was again in the same house at college. Where pass it, it was two, two minutes, pass it on. And it doesn't matter. You can't extend your two minutes. It doesn't matter how good you are or anything like that. Just have a go and pass it on. Grand Theft Auto does not have that same mechanic. For, well, for obvious reasons and not to its detriment, but it, it's just something that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater uh, did. Am I right in thinking that when, when you go to college, you, have a, a, you major in something, which would be like your main subject, and you, yes. you might minor in something, which would be a sort of, and I also did this kind of thing. Correct. If we had that system here, then you could say of Craig Bevan that he majored in theater acting and got a minor in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 on the PlayStation 2. <laughs> there were days where a lot of guys were skipping classes to yeah. play Tekken 3 and uh, other games like that where you could just pass around the controller. And, and I think so, I'm, yeah. being, I'm being generous there. You could also say that he majored in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and minored in theater acting. But only if you've seen his theater acting. But I kid. It was just one of those that it was all... When it, it was on the television more than television was. Uh, that game, it was just huge in our house. And strangely enough, only number three. When four came out, nobody liked that one that I knew of. There were a whole series of sequels for across all different consoles and handhelds and everything. And I, I've never seen or met anyone who's been playing anything other than uh, one, two, or three. Yeah. Didn't they bring out, there was like a actual skateboard controller for one. There was. Uh, SSX did the same thing with a snowboarder control. Yeah, I don't think they're a good idea. But, well, uh, I think that you'll find after a while that most kids who are going to be playing them are rather portly and that those, those things are going to break. That the thing. And most kids that are playing them are actually in their early 30s. And, <laughs> and definitely above the uh, weight limit allowed on the device. It's, it's just one of those things. Kids don't own those things. Parents know better than to get them for kids. It's, it's adults with disposable income that piss their money away on stuff like that. Plus, they had the other problem that at the very same time, a lot of money was being plugged into other plastic instruments instead of plastic sports things. Oh, yeah. And Your uh, rock band and uh, why can't I remember the name? Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, it was the period of ridiculous computer gaming accessories, wasn't it? There were just so many. I still have my uh, my rock band drums and my Guitar Hero guitars sitting right within arm's reach. If we were on video, I would grab grab them. I yeah, there's one I can see from here as well. I must admit. We've <laughs> got the big setup in the basement for jamming sometimes. Oh, don't you? Do, do you have the lights? No, Am I not think, the lights. No, because I I saw that as a, a rock band accessory kit. You could get lights and a smoke machine. Oh, I'm sure that those things exist. Again, yeah, there, it's, there were so many third-party things going on with all that stuff. And we had DJ Hero as well, where you could add the turntables. Allison really wanted that for a little while. I was, I, I think her interest in the whole Guitar Hero phenomenon waned before that came along. But <laughs> she, she did want that for a while. Speaking of jamming, I'm kind of dubious about the popularity of M, uh, NBA Jam in the UK. It did come out here. We have had basketball games that have been around. It's the, there's a couple of things. Sort of the NBA games, the hockey, ice hockey games we get here. Um, even though it's not a particularly big sport, maybe it's bigger. I I shouldn't say things like that because I have no interest in the world of sport on a day to day basis. So, the thing is that if you go to any video game store like GameStop here, or I'm not sure what you guys have over there, but anywhere that specializes in console games, half the shelves are going to be taken up with these stinking things. Yeah, we don't have that. I mean, for, for you many. and I, for you and me, it might be, um, you know, all about the, the Marios and the Gears of War and, uh, you know, all these other different games that are fantasy based or sci fi based. But really, I think most. Most players are, are sports games. You've got your jocks who in the offseason will sit around and play these things. I'm just looking on Amazon now. I'm wondering what sporting games are popular here. Right. NBA Jam really was popular across, across the whole board, though. That was one of the sports games that pulled everybody in because it wasn't hyper-realistic. It was very, very crossing the NBA that everybody knew and loved in the 90s with uh, fantasy stuff like being able to throw fiery basketballs and that kind of thing. Now there is an NBA game. NBA 2K12 uh, is the number 12 selling game on Amazon in the sports. This is just the sports category. Um, NBA 2K11 is actually a little bit further further down this list that we've been looking at. I, I think... If if I were to tell you what get you know I'll just tell you what what's selling well on Amazon in the UK at the moment the number one selling sports game is FIFA 13, so that's that'll be that might not even be out yet that yeah that's not even out yet but that's the top selling that's, sports game. That makes sense though, and not that it's selling that well, but that FIFA is going to be the most popular yeah. one where you are because you just don't you don't have Major League Baseball, you don't have no. the National Hockey League. Um, number two is the Olympic game, the London 2012 game. Number three is FIFA 12, which is the current one. Uh, number four is FIFA Street Football. Uh, number five is FIFA 13, but a different box set. Oh, yeah, it's the Ultimate Edition that's number one, and it, this is just the normal one that's number five. Then you get into something else. Skate 3 is number six, because the skateboarding things do all right over here. There are lots of kids into that sort of thing. Kids have skate parks to play in nowadays. So that's cool. Then Connect Sports 2, which is just awful. Then FIFA 11 at number 8. So out of the top 10 so far, 4 are football games. 5 
of football games. And I'm only on number eight. I then, think you mean soccer. No, I don't. <laughs> you might want to interpret it that way, but no, no, I don't. I mean, I mean football. Um, well, football is something different because if you were talking about the biggest selling games here, the biggest selling sports games, I'd be willing to bet that Madden football is going to be the biggest one in the U.S. I, that, I will, that's just a hunch. I'll go over in a minute and compare. Actually, uh, nine. Then you're into tennis, Grand Slam tennis, Top Spin, and then Tiger Woods, and then your NBA game. Mm-hmm. So. God, and then a Tour de France game at number 14. I can't imagine that being good. How would a cycling game work on an Xbox 360? I can't imagine. Now, I will tell you, on uh, on the Wii, we picked up Wii Resort, which is really just Wii Sports with an upgrade. And it has a lot of different things on there. One of them is cycling, and it's fun. Right. You've got to use the Wii Remote to pedal, and you can lunge forward to sprint for a very short time, but you've got to do uh, the course all the way around the island. It gets very tiring. It's a, it's a good workout. See, but then, like you say, the Wii adds that element of physicality to it. That, that 360 doesn't have, unless, is it a Kinect game? It doesn't look like it is, no. No? No. There's just Kinect Sports, which I have played and didn't like. I, I, much, I much prefer Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as I've said before, the, the command for so many Kinect games makes Barkley jump on you. So <laughs> you can't play it with him in the house. Uh, it often gets very difficult to do the Wii here because of the dogs as well. They, yeah. uh, they think that you're throwing a bone. Yeah. Uh, I see the Beijing 20, 2008 Xbox game is at number 20, so that's obviously having a comeback on the second-hand market. Oh, my, it's only £4.79 pre-owned i might get that actually it's that's a, just play the olympic game four years behind that way it's always quite cheap so let's have a look on amazon.com and see what you guys are playing uh, wow it's a completely different looking site you know it's so strange uh you have game downloads on amazon Oh, we've got everything on Amazon. And Amazon here is amazing with their digital service. We have none of this. Quite jealous. Right, sports. <laughs> NCAA Football 13. So that's the uh, American football game. Then I'm I'm actually just on... Let me... Hang on, I'm in the wrong bit here. Will this let me search by... It wants me to pick a platform, so I'll, I'll just go with Xbox. Hmm. Then there's a couple of Kinect games. In fact, lots of Kinect games. Three. Then Madden NFL 12. Then the NBA 2K12, another Kinect Sports, Tiger Woods. FIFA Soccer 12 coming in at number 10. You know, FIFA um, is actually really a popular game here uh, with video games. Soccer has been, I'm sorry, football has been growing in popularity, popularity pretty much exponentially ever since uh, the turn of the millennium. It's it's quickly becoming the most played youth sport in supplanting football that way. So, right. Um, I, I would say that it's probably going to, at some point, we're going to join the rest of the world on the, the soccer fetish. Right, you're going to have to start calling it football, though. You know that, don't you? We can't. We just can't. We have have football. 
<laughs> you, it's you're just gonna have to. It's you're gonna have to change. Do what we do. Yours is American football. Does that not does that not make sense? There's no, it doesn't make sense because the French don't call their toast French toast. There's Australian rules football. <laughs> there's that one. That one is mental. You're allowed to pick it up and kill each other in that one. Now, do Australians call it Australians rules football, or do they just call it football? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. There's going to be, have to be a big cultural shift for us to ever change calling football football. You know that uh, one of the things that Americans are very, very bad at is kowtowing to some other culture. I hadn't noticed that at all. <laughs> we don't like to bow to anyone. We we want it our way, Rich. Right. I'd heard Just some people protein. mention something about this, but I'd never really seen it. I don't know. I'd... <laughs> There's a couple of FIFA games in here. I think, do you know what the thing is, though? Once you're onto uh, games of this nature, the mechanics of playing it, FIFA may as well be NHL, may as well be NBA. Um, it's the same, it's very much the same mechanic with slightly different graphics and team names and that sort of thing. Well, I had no problem at all picking up my very first FIFA game, even though I wasn't, you know, I, I hadn't played soccer myself in quite a while probably since uh you know for four or five years before that but i picked up my first fifa game i think it was uh 2001 or 2002 and i was like yeah i know exactly what i'm doing because i played nhl 94 exactly i mean these One games of the classics. are essentially even in real life they're essentially the same game played on different surfaces yeah you know um so it's once you remove the physicality of it and you don't have to learn to skate to play hockey or learn to run to, for 90 minutes to play football, you can do all of them. Now, the other thing is that because they are all the same and because the actual games don't change from year to year, so soccer is going to be the same next year as it is this year. I'm, I'm pretty sure you know that. Yeah, I, I'm aware. But they have to sell a new version next year. Yeah. So... All of these sports games fall into the same trap of having to find a new way to uh, to sell next year's game. So there's the the roster changes and the the graphic upgrades, which th there's the law of diminishing returns at play, where our systems aren't improving as rapidly as they used to. So that's not as big a selling point anymore. Um, I still have on my shelf. I've the last sports game that I bought. Let's see, Madden Madden two thousand four. See now, I do have recent ones for an obvious for this very reason you've just mentioned, and they are the Formula One games. You feel compelled to pick up the new cars, yeah. and the new drivers. It's because it is it's new cars, and it's beyond the look of them. It, it's you know there are new things that they do, and that sort of thing. Like this on this year, on this year's game, it introduced cars and DRS. Uh, which is a new thing in the rules for this year. So you had that to play well, with. And then, I can imagine also with F1, the the physics engines are improving all the, the time, the, and physics yeah. doesn't really play into some of the other games quite as much. There's that. There's the track changes. There are different track venues throughout the year, and even on existing venues, sometimes there are changes to the tracks that exist as they are. and And so there are a lot of things that change from year to year. And so it's always worth getting the next one. And plus Codemasters seem to do a really good job of doing a game that is almost absolutely brilliant, but not quite. And 
maybe the next one will be actually absolutely brilliant. And so they, they do a good job keeping me coming back for more. See, I've never really been interested in racing games, with the exception of ones that allow you to upgrade your machines. Do the F1 allow you to upgrade your cars, put on new wheels, put on new engines? Not in, new... No, not in the Gran Turismo sense of upgrading your car. The games that always appeal to me are ones with upgrades, your, your RPGs, that sort of thing. Um, <coughs> which is one reason why I've always avoided World of Warcraft like the plague, because I know that if I get sucked in, I'll end up spending a lot of money on it. Yeah. Um, I actually, I used to like those kind of games. The last time I played one was Project Gotham Racing 3 on the Xbox, which I got because it, it was a big name launch title for the Xbox. And after a couple of years, a, a, new, a few new versions had been out. This was like £2 in a bargain box somewhere. And you sort of think, well, it was big and popular when it came out. If it was a good game, then it should be a good game today. So I, I got it. And the problem I... that it had was I upgraded my car and then everybody else I was racing against got the same upgrade. So it was hmm. as good as not upgrading. And maybe that's just a mechanic of that particular game, more more than likely. But it was enough to sort of put me off that a bit. I think that if EA wants to sell another sports game to me, because if I've made it this long without upgrading Madden 2004, I'm probably going to make it a few more years. Yeah. But I think if they want to sell me another football game, they're going to have to do something like that. It's going to have to be a fantasy football game where I can get uh, you know, different armor or different helmets or something that upgrades my character so that it's always feeding that um, uh, that Skinner button kind of mentality. Well, something they're building into the new version, apparently, is uh, connect uh, functionality where you can shout plays at your team and things like that. That sounds pretty interesting. Although I don't know how they stop the friend that you're playing from shouting plays at your team and making them do the wrong thing. I, I don't know how that will work. but Yeah, that would be pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, um, But that, that's the kind of thing they're going for. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. I, I don't know what they'd do to get me to buy a new one to, to bring me back into these things. Maybe if I just started liking this. If I cared about football, maybe I'd play FIFA. You know, but as it is, it makes no difference to me that there's a new version with new players and new teams because I didn't know what they were before. With the Formula One game, it's 24 guys. I, I know when there's a new guy there or when one of them's left. In football, who's got a clue? And if you have, you're too busy learning that to play a game about it. And really, we all know what this was <laughs> what I was going to say. Really, we know what the best racing game ever was. Mario Kart? I was going to say Road Rash. Road Rash? Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, I loved that game. Oh, I spent hours on that game. Oh. For, for those of you who don't know, right, you missed out on something beautiful. You really did. Because games were all sweetness and light once. And even when they tried to be horrible, and, and <laughs> they, they couldn't be because there just wasn't the technology to back it up. And you... Then suddenly Road Rash came out, and here was a motorbike racing game that on the face of it looked pretty much like every other motorbike racing game there had ever been, and by today's standards you just would hate it. But it brought in this mechanic whereby you could hit people with a big stick. Genius. Absolute genius. And sometimes... Well, it was the same thing that made Mario Kart so popular. Uh, it's the... the... 
uh, bringing weapons into it that changes the gameplay. Like we were talking about with the Olympic Games, there has to be some other element, some other mechanic that you add to it to make it more dynamic. Yeah. And, and so that element just made it so fantastic for me. I really enjoy it. And sometimes you'd get the police bike would come alongside and he'd hit back, but you could maybe grab his nightstick and nail him with it. Oh, hours played on that game. Hours and hours and hours. Thank you, Sega, for that. It, honestly, if you bring out a port of that on Android, I'll pay for that right away. <laughs> I hope that you didn't just hear that deafening noise because I wanted so desperately to relive some road rash that I went to YouTube and uh, realized that my uh, speakers are just a little bit louder than I anticipated. I didn't hear anything. It's fine. Because <laughs> I didn't hear you for a second because uh, it was it was very loud. Very, very loud. There's probably no version of Road Rash. Oh, I can still buy it. Oh, I'm on Amazon.com. That's no good to me. They've still got a, an original PlayStation version going. Oh, really? You want to uh, you want to bring it around to the top again with the Olympics? Okay. Do you think the F1 or, or motorcycle racing should be Olympic sports? That raises so many issues. In actual well, fact, that, that's, that's a really complicated question. It's one that a lot of people are talking about over here during these Olympics, especially with the dressage or dressage. I don't know how you pronounce it. The, the horsies. We'd say dressage. Well, you would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if that's right. <laughs> it's what I would say, but then I would probably. This is the only time in my life I'm ever going to have a conversation about it. There's a lot of people over here who are just freaking out about it because they got rid of baseball and softball. And, re, you know, these the horse events are still in. The, the equestrian ship, it looks nice, but a lot of it boils down to, uh, look, my horse is nicer than your horse. Are you sure that you're not just so about the removal of sports that you think you can just win no matter what? <laughs> like, you know, because I'm pretty sure that when you guys see baseball on the roster, you just piss yourselves laughing. <laughs> Who's going to play us? I don't think that that's true because if memory serves, I'm pretty sure the U.S. team got knocked out last time around. Um, you know, the, the oh, I hope this oh, that, that sound must racist. just be embarrassing. I wouldn't go home again. I, mean, I hope we this joke doesn't about... sound racist, but it's, <laughs> the Hispanic players are so much better than we are, Rich. <laughs> right. It's, you know, uh, we, we joke about the North Korean teams saying, oh, if they lose, they don't want to go home again. I, but honestly, if I was an American baseball player that got knocked out of baseball in the Olympics, I wouldn't want to go home just as much. <laughs> yes, I'm the, the American who was knocked out of baseball. Arr. Baseball at the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. Uh, let's see here. Who won gold? South Korea won the gold medal in a 3-2 final victory against Cuba. We didn't even make the, the finals. We placed bronze. Wow. Oh, that must be annoying. That must be annoying. Although, no, I hear baseball's huge in Cuba. Yeah, like I was saying, all those uh, Caribbean, Latin countries, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, we do an awful lot of hunting for players from down there because they're just so good. Yeah, it's a good plan. What were you saying again? Sorry, before I went off on a take. Yeah, should motorsport be in the Olympics? Because um, I'm not sure that they're really even sports. I understand that they, they're a test of skill, definitely. But does that qualify as sport? I, I think that on a physical level, they are arguably more sport than a lot of things that are classed as sport. 
I, I think that, you know, especially when we talk about the really crap ones like synchronized swimming and stuff like that, you know. Well, for, let's, let's even skip over synchronized swimming. Let's put F1 up against table tennis. Oh, I mean, the, these guys are constantly training. I mean, one reason I couldn't be a Formula One driver is because I'm not fit enough. It's one of many thousands of reasons, I grant you, but it, it is there. They're, they're constantly in training. Because the 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 G force the the power that you put yourself through. I mean, we we, we were looking at uh, God. What was it? Some of the stats they were reeling off. There's just been a Grand Prix this weekend, gone. Um, that they were talking about the the speed of the acceleration of the cars. We have theme park rides where the point of them is how fast they accelerate. That don't accelerate as fast as these cars, and we go on that as a ride as something fun and you just get blasted back in your chair and they take a stupid mm. photo of you the idea of going through that physically and controlling it and causing it to happen is just that i can't comprehend how you do that you know it, it's it's not like driving a, a real car and the the main problem though why i think it, it you'd have trouble justifying it being an olympic event is purely the amount of money that has to be pumped into it to make it happen. Well, I think that there's two problems with it. And the one, like you say, is whoever spends the most money is going to have the greatest advantage. They're, they're not always going to win, but the one who spends the most money is probably going to have the, the best advantage. Absolutely. Now, the other one is what Kazah here in the chat room is pointing out. He says, it's fuel power, not muscle power that you're talking about. And I think, uh, by the way, if you want to hang out in the chat with us when we record, it's simplysyndicated.com slash radio. Uh, if you just go to simplysyndicated.com, click on the radio button, there's instructions for how to listen to us live. It's Tuesdays at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which is 11 p.m. where you are? Midnight. It's midnight. Greenwich, midnight. Yeah. Um, but he says it's fuel power, not muscle power. And I think that there's some point where you have to say what's doing the most work. Is it the race car or is it the driver? Well, is it the is it the horse or is it the jockey? Um it's you i don't think you can compare it to to equestrian events because it's it's the the difference is is that some guy has made that car as well it, it's not it's a combination of the two you can't it can't be put down to it being it's all the car or it's all the driver because it is a combination of the two you also run into to massive difficulties with with so many things i mean formula 1 is exclusively run by private enterprise it's it's not a national thing, it, it's it's a business thing, and so you take McLaren are, are an exception to to this because they're a British company and a British team with two British drivers, and so obviously if we were selecting people to represent Great Britain in Formula One at the Olympics, you'd pick McLaren. But then you look at the Red Bull team, who are an English team, with a German driver and an Australian driver, so what. You know what what happens there? Who do who do Australia pick as their Formula One champion, and who who builds builds the car? Because there are no Australian Formula One teams, and you know there are no Russian Formula One teams. So, or, or professional drivers, it, it just couldn't be. That's interesting. I didn't even think of the uh, the logistical problems in how the teams would break down. Yeah, it it just couldn't be because and even within a team, I mean, you look. Red Bull again, their cars work like they do because of those drivers. Not 
any two drivers, those two guys. Those cars have been built around those two guys. Their driving styles, how they like them to be set up. Uh, the aerodynamics is designed with them physically sat in the car. And, and so you can't just say, well, here's a Formula One car. We just need someone to get in and drive it. Because it won't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It needs to be that guy who that car was made for driving it. And so when you have such a, 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 you know, when there's no official link between the country of origin of the team and the drivers, it just couldn't work for the Olympics. You know, it, it's not like sprinting. If you want to get better at running fast, go outside. There you go. But yeah, but it might be more akin to cycling. I would say that every single bike that you've seen on the Olympic uh, circuit is made specifically for that rider, and not for someone else. But, and that but it's very much not attuned at, to their weight and their aerodynamicism. But, but not at a cost of hundreds of millions of pounds with many years of development. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It just couldn't be. I, I think it just couldn't be. Unless you I think were... you'd, I think you'd be surprised at the the barrier to entry that the cost of owning a horse. I mean, if we're comparing it to equestrian ship, those horses aren't cheap. They're not like, they're not the cost of a bike. No, that's true. But I could go horse riding tomorrow if I wanted. You e could rent one. Yeah, I, you I, could I... own one. Especially not a champion breed that they would need. I mean, you're talking about horses that cost in the order of tens of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, if not millions. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure that some of the the well-bred uh, ones with a great family history and all that kind of go into an unimaginable amounts of money, especially the ones that race. But I, I don't know. I don't see. I actually don't see it as a massive thing. Our next door neighbor, who is probably asleep less than twenty feet away from me right now, owns a horse. So, you know. Okay, so I've been talking out of my ass because I don't know what they actually cost, but I did uh, Google it real quick. Uh, for a broken horse to do nothing but ride, not looking at the breed in a place where horses are common, anywhere from 2000 to $10,000. If you start getting into show horses and pricey breeds, you can get well over $100,000. This is answers.com, so take it with a grain yeah. of salt. Uh, <coughs> what other prices does it give here? The price of the horse should be of concern due to the, the, the price of the horse itself is actually the cheapest part. Add another 1500 for starting tack, brushes, halter, about $150 every six weeks for shoeing, $300 yeah. for board, anywhere from twenty dollars to $50,000 for vet fees. That so for most people in the world, a horse, the, the, the cost of getting an Olympic-trained horse and upkeeping it, training with it, and then presenting it in the Olympics yeah, probably. is to be just as prohibitive as getting an F1 car. I mean, for God's sake, we had actual royalty compete. That's that's the level of, of entry here. You know, one of our... Uh, Zara Phillips is, an, is actual royalty. So, you know, and Princess Anne competed once, I believe. Really? Yeah. Big horsey set, the royal family. Especially Princess Anne. Kind of looks like one. Um, cause she was never going to be queen. So she's had all the time and money to just piss about doing whatever she wants. And she did horse riding and entered in the Olympics. 
I don't know if she won anything. I think she might have done. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm going to be total, I'm going to go totally back on everything that I've been saying because I really like what Kazaj just brought up. He said, "Fuck dressage, bring back chariot racing." I would watch that. Oh, I would watch that. You know that we'd both be there. Yeah, absolutely. And so would the rest of the fucking planet. That would be <laughs> awesome. Nobody would miss the chariot racing. Actually, it would be about the spectacle. Do they not have some sort of horsey cart sort of thing um, what is that called i don't know if they have it in the olympics but i know that they do it around here for uh summertime fairs what's it called there is a thing now looking at the olympic website harness it, racing harness racing so it's kind of a thing what he's saying is he wants like ben hur well, yeah, it wouldn't just be Olympic uniforms either. They would have to wear Roman armor and capes and helmets. You've reminded me. I have an issue that I, I, I wish to raise uh, about something I've seen in the Olympics. The beach volleyball, right? What's wrong with volleyball? Nothing's wrong with volleyball at all. I've been watching it and found it quite an entertaining sport to watch, especially as we keep winning at it. But that's that's beside the point. The beach volleyball. The beach volleyball is perhaps most famous because it's played by women in very, very tiny pants. Am I am I right in saying that? That's that's what everybody thinks of when they think you know, of the beach volleyball. <laughs> I made a point of watching it the other day. So, yes, I'm a hypocrite. But uh, I, I tweeted that uh, Carrie Walsh shouldn't be good looking, but somehow she is. And you're right. It's because they're running yeah. around almost nothing. Now, they, they have very nice bodies. They they do. They're, they're, they're gorgeous. I'm not criticizing them at all. But the, the problem I had with it was I kind of, because sports outfits in general seem to be getting tinier. You know, the, the women who do running and other athletic sports are wearing the same tiny pants. Well, sure. It just and, makes sense. I mean, the less restriction that you have, the more range of motion that you have, the less chafing that you have, the less absolutely. Uh, problem you have with heat retention. You, you know that in the original ancient Greek Olympics, they, were, they ran naked. See, I actually think that would be a hindrance. I think you need, because we all have bits that flap around. You at right, least you want those bits strapped. Yeah, they, they want to be strapped down. So I, I don't think completely naked athletics would actually work. But here, here's my point was... I, I understand that, that yeah, all those points you made, it's just better to wear as little as possible, keeping everything strapped down that needs to be. And so that's why they do it. But then I saw men's beach volleyball. <laughs> Is this going to be homophobic, Rich? No, not at all. Because they weren't <laughs> wearing... It's actually, they weren't wearing little pants. They were wearing the biggest shorts of anybody competing at the Olympics and big oh, really? T-shirts. Yeah. I thought you were going to jump into a complaint about Speedos, but no. I haven't seen any of this. They're, they're wearing, what, like full like Bermuda shorts? They might as well be on holiday, really. And that and every team, that looks like that's the official designated uniform style for men's beach volleyball. The shorts down to their knees, if not further, and vest, t-shirt things. Which okay, makes you realize that so clearly the small outfit doesn't provide that much of an advantage otherwise the men would be wearing their one or or there's some sort of a a weird ego thing going on with the men 
Well, I just don't want it to be because I, I don't want the women to have to be wearing the little outfits because that's what makes the game watchable. I would like it that it is a scientific sort of this makes it better for us to play. We can we're more likely to win if we dress like this. But the fact that the men don't wear anything like that, in fact, they go as far the other way as you possibly can. It, it just it made me feel like something was a bit off in, in, in on a negative effect towards the women. And so I just felt I had I felt unhappy about that. I would like if the women can wear big shorts, then why don't they? Is my question, and it just didn't seem quite right. Are you googling something? Uh, I just sent you a link. It's for later after you're off the air. It's oh, right. uh, <laughs> you know fodder. Right. So, consider it fuel for the fire. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I see there. Yeah. Um, and so it just seems to, it just seems a little bit sort of like, why, why not? It shouldn't be, they should be able to wear what they want and maybe they want to wear the little pants and that's fine. And I'm not telling them they shouldn't wear the little pants. I just don't want them to be told to wear them for my supposed amusement. Well, clearly there is a double standard there. I will relate to you that the NBC commentators made a point of saying that the uh, London Olympics uh, organizers told the U.S. beach volleyball team uh, that they could wear more traditional or longer or more concealing garb if they wanted to. Right. And the USA team said, "No thanks. We keep on winning every time that we wear this." So well, it's not as though it's not as though it was pressed upon them for sexist reasons. It was a choice that they made. If they're happy with it, then I'm happy with it. You know, I just it just felt like I say it just felt a little bit off. Was all, and I'm I'm glad we cleared that up. Anyway, we should talk about the video games more. Uh, you know, we almost hit everything on this list that we had been talking about just by accident. We talked a little bit about Madden. We talked about FIFA. We talked about NBA 2K11 and 12. We hit Wii Sports. Uh, we hit NHL 94 oh so briefly. You know, that was a really good one. That's that's actually shown in Mall Rats. It is as well, yes. The one that Jason Lee's obsessed with. Yes, I, I have played that. Legendary just for that, if nothing else. Yeah. See, that, It was one of the best ones on the Genesis, too. Oh, Sega was always so good with those sports games. I feel that's another thing we should explain to the kids, is that these games have been made forever. I, I remember playing what, FIFA before they started numbering them. It was just <laughs> FIFA. And then, yes. you know, FIFA 90 coming out and all that sort of thing. Got Italia 90, all the soccer games. I said that for your benefit. All the football games uh, that I've played over the years that you wouldn't have heard of. Have you ever heard of Sensible Soccer? No, not at all. Oh, that, that was so big over here for possibly a decade. Th those games, the Sensible Soccer games, because they they moved away from the making them super realistic you had tiny little men on the screen they didn't look like the person they were supposed to be not in not in the slightest that wasn't part of the game but they were huge absolutely huge that was a big amiga game sensible soccer i'm wondering if you got a lot of our franchises for american football let's see we got especially back in the nes days we, there were so many of them we got madden 
Was there a well, Joe Madden Montana one as well? Right, Madden didn't even come out. I don't think for until the Super NES. Right, I'm but, yeah. But the original eight bit one, yeah, there was Joe Montana's football. I remember that. That was always in the um, always in magazines advertisements for that. It was just saturated. Yeah, we got those. I never played them because I don't understand how the game works. Oh, Rich. So much fun. Uh, probably the best sports game. Definitely the best American football game on the NES, but probably the best sports game as well was um, Tecmo Super Bowl. Did you get that one? No, not that I remember. It came out, it came out at the height of the NFC dominance of the NFL when the 49ers were just trouncing everybody. It was, you know, the the whole Joe Montana era, the Steve Young era, um, the Jerry Rice era, when those guys were just so good. Let me see if I can find a screenshot of that game. There was also like 10-yard fight and all those, but um, Tecmo Super Bowl was really the big one. Yeah, never got that, I don't think. I don't remember playing it. Here you go. I put that in the chat. Let's have a look at this one then. There we go. No. So much fun. Played that for hours and hours and hours and hours. No, no, we never got that. Did you ever play any wrestling games? Not so much until college. And then, like we were talking about earlier, wrestling, the, the WWE games were ones that were, um, especially on the N64, everybody had uh, the, the controllers and you would pass them around. And, you know, the N64 was famous because it had the four controllers, so yeah. everybody was playing at the same time. Man, um, many long evenings playing Mario Kart 64 on a 14-inch television split up into four boxes. The NES and SNES wrestling games were so bad because there was not a whole lot that you could do with the limited number of buttons. But yeah, once you got up to the, the 64, with all those different stinking buttons, uh, suddenly the range of motion and the number of tricks you could pull off and all the special moves and the taunts, all that got really, really good. I found with some fighting games, they went too far for me into the world of having to know the combinations of buttons to press. Well, they were trying to be fighting games uh, bred with sports games. Yeah. So they wanted you to do combos. They wanted you to do special moves. I, I played a couple of, of the WWE ones. The one I, I really enjoyed was Legends of Wrestling because they put Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan and many people like that in. That was very much fun to play. But, See, I wasn't really allowed to watch wrestling when it was the WWF because my parents thought that it was way too violent, and they were probably right. Yeah. So I got into it a little bit more toward college again. So I didn't really care too much about the whole Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, all, all those guys. I really wanted to play like Rey Mysterio and the Hardy Boys and all those, the, the late 90s ones. Yeah. I, I know the ones you mean. Uh, but after that, I played that one. It's actually, to this day, it's the f the only Xbox game that I have 100% completeness on. Uh, you know, you get the, the Xbox points for achievements and things throughout games. Each game has an allocation of 1,000 points, and it's the only game I have 1,000 points on because it was that easy to play. <laughs> uh, it was... <laughs> And then Allison started getting me the official games for Christmas and told her, look, you just stop getting me these because they're, they're awful. Thank you. And they're all the same game. But thank you for your present. 
It's like, if you're going to get me a game, get me any other game. It's fine, you know. I was hesitate to call anything WWE sport, though. I, I mean, this it, is an age-old argument. It's but sports it really entertainment. Sports-themed yeah. entertainment, that's what it is. It's, it's I mean, not I'm always sport. amazed. They're, they're doing the punches. They're taking the falls. But, uh, yeah, it is, it is so much theater that I'm not sure that it would ever qualify as anything more than just pure entertainment you wouldn't get it in the olympics you do get uh olympic wrestling you do roman wrestling which is a lot less entertaining absolutely it's a lot less of just grabbing each other and that's it i've been watching the guys they pull around then they don't move for a while because they're just like flexing with each other's heads locked in I, i was watching the judo and it's very much like that. And we actually spent most of the time trying to figure out what the hell was going on. The, I they, think everybody who watches judo has this romanticized notion in their mind that they're going to see Neo throw down with Morpheus. It's yeah. just not how it works. It was, they, they're there in their pajamas, and one of them grabs the other one, and they roll, and then they stand up, and it's like, oh, and he got a point then. What, what the fuck did he do? No one, no <laughs> one got pinned. No one got, no one's knocked out. What What did he do? And then there'll be an argument and he'll have his point taken away and the other man will get a point. What happened? No idea. Watch the whole event. Fencing. No idea. That's why we don't watch fencing. It's not Inigo Montoya and the man in black. Oh, but at least with fencing, you know, you can figure out what's going on. It's stabbing. And they it, still get I, points when I don't understand why they get points. Yeah, there's there's lots of technical things in there. I actually think that fencing teaches a valuable lesson about all these films where you see people fighting for ages with swords. Like, you just think back to the, you know, the first sword fight that pops into my head. Kevin Costner fighting Alan Rickman at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah! Right? That sword fight must go on for 15, 20 minutes. It's the last end bit of the film. In real life... The best fences in the world are running each other through 30 times a minute. The, every point scored in real life, if that was an actual sword fight, that's death. That's what that point is. And they're playing to so many points. You think, just no way. This is how it would be if we were actually sword fighting. Somebody would just be dead in 15 seconds. There's no big sword fight with this big back and forth and climbing on shit and throwing stuff. It's just not real. And that's I blame what, Shakespeare. Yeah. I tend to just blame Shakespeare for most things. You plebe. I know. Hey, I saw the Royal Shakespeare, the Reduced Shakespeare Company. My mum and dad see the real Shakespeare Company and everything. That must count for something. I'm actually pretty proud of you for going to see that. It was, it was damn good, you know. They're, they're, they are some funny guys. And excellent performers, and uh, it, it was a really good show, a really good show. It, it was actually a treat from my parents. They just, my mum phoned up and said, "We're getting tickets to see this. Do you and Alison want to come?" Went, yeah, okay. Um, and as I said to my dad, it's like great. Now I've got somebody else. I've got to watch out for when they're near us and go and see them, because they were just brilliant. It's warming the cockles of my heart here, Rich. Yeah, the cockles. Consider them warmed. That was the second time my mum and dad have been to see that show on this tour. So they clearly really like them. (laughs) 
So I'm growing as a person. It's great reading books, seeing the reduced Shakespeare company because they've got the word Shakespeare in the name. Well, I, hey, we went to see Othello and everything, didn't we? So I'm cultured now. I'm very cultured. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we both know I'm full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was still laughing at the part where you said you were reading books. I am. I am. You mean you're listening to them? No, no, no. I have a Kindle. Oh, you're using your eyes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a Kindle. I've read many, I've properly read many books. Some of value, others not so much. But I've been discovering. I have a favorite author. Have we not talked about this? No. Yeah, I read books. I've got, I've got loads, and I, I learned that I like Stephen King books a lot. And it, I think we have talked about your, your love yeah, of Stephen King. We must have done Richard Bachman. Yeah. And so, yeah, I read books. I'm I'm currently reading a, a book about Simon Cowell, which I've been oh, on for some time. Oh, you love to hate him. Oh, and the book does nothing but prove that I'm right. What a what a horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> and it's it's wonderful. It's wonderfully entertaining to read. And then I'll go into another Stephen King book. You see, it's great. I love it. I only listen to books when I'm in the car. You see. So it's it sort of gives me something to do when I couldn't otherwise be reading. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yeah, I, I don't believe you for a second. What 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 bit don't you believe? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna stop here. This is what? this is way off the track. What I <sighs> I have I have recommendations for you though. Okay, books that you'll like. I feel I we'll, should take a screenshot we'll of my Kindle library and email that to you just to prove. Look, I I, I own these books. I would assume it's photoshopped. Right, I'm going to do it now, ever so quickly, and prove that I, I couldn't possibly photoshop this. Oh, I haven't got the thing on my computer. Fuck it, never mind. <laughs> uh-huh, see, there you go. Fine, don't, reason not don't believe me. God, I actually don't have... Oh, I do have a Kindle app. That's great. <laughs> well, I've, I've read lots of... I've recently read... Uh, what did I just read? Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Oh, there's a movie that crashed and burned at the theater. Did you see it? No. No, the, I, I wanted to. I was actually looking forward to it because it just sounded so absurd, and I like those once in a while. The reviews came back that it didn't even stand up to the expectation of, of something that was just supposed to be out there for ridiculousness sake. Oh, dear, it, that doesn't bode well. It, they said that at least it should have had some sort of a semblance of a plot that held up to, you know scrutiny of some some degree right well it's it was an average book it was entertaining and it got better the further away from it i got as i thought back about it i really liked the concept but from what i'd read about the film they've done a bad job of translating what was a book clearly written to be a film so maybe the film is awful you know that genre is really struggling in book to screen translations. The the genre of let's take something historical or take something real life and pretend that there are mythical creatures in it. Yeah. Have you heard about all the troubles that World War Z is having? I I I know it's having trouble, but I don't know any details about it. They've gone through several rounds of rewrites and now it's so bad that uh they've pushed back the launch date again. I think this is the third time 
I'm pretty sure. And Brad Pitt is so pissed off about how shitty it is that he's refusing to do promotion for it. Really? Oh, dear. Yeah. So I'm kind of expecting that one to maybe be direct to DVD. Maybe so. That would be a shame. Especially if Brad Pitt's in it and it goes straight to DVD. That would actually be hilarious. I don't know why I'm reveling Brad Pitt's misfortune. It's because he's so much better than me in every possible way. I just want to see him do badly, I think. I kind of am in man love with Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's just too perfect. He's, he is. He, he's just too perfect. I'd love just his hair. I, I'd feel better about myself if I had that. Let alone <laughs> everything that he has. This is so far away from sports, it's hilarious. I know, I don't know how the hell we got here. I'm pretty sure this is a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. I'm actually just sending off an email that's a screenshot of my Kindle library now. You should get mm. that in a minute. It's a real thing. Unless I accidentally... Yeah, that's it. Should we uh, should we plug some other shows? Yeah, let's do something, because we just sat there then. Um, <laughs> right, we do have other shows. You might you might hear them. Jason does Atomic Trivia War nine thousand, and it's it's awesome. It is a lot of fun. It is uh, getting a little bit difficult to do it these days, which you know we're going through a little bit of a rough patch with summer and baby and all that stuff. So I apologize. I haven't been getting it out quite as often as I'd like to. There there was a two year period, almost two year period, where we were getting it out just about every uh, every week without. Uh, without fail. I think I think in the first year that we did it, we only missed two episodes. Has it been going for that long? Yeah, it's been going a long time. But uh we might we might take a little bit of a break here soon. I know that this week we're not recording. We have two in the bag to get out and I just haven't finished editing them. Right. So we've got that to take care of, but it's a lot of fun to do. Uh your email just came through. Let's see if it's accurate. Richard Smith, no subject. It's just a picture. Oh, see, you just took a screenshot from somebody else's. That's my computer. Look at oh. the look at the other tabs in that that browser. Look, there's one for Olympic video games and simply syndicated radio. I'm not sure. I think we'll get a forensic. It, it's, uh, it's got forensic. my my time. It says one forty three. It was clearly taken three minutes ago. That. Mm, that's all easily fakeable with yeah. computers these days. You can see it's a, clearly a Mac running Mountain Lion and everything. It's clearly <laughs> mine. And there's there, the first book on the list, organized by recent reading. The first book is the Simon Cowell book I've just described. So Come there. and post us on the forum at simplysyndicated.com slash forums. Tell us about topics that you want us to discuss in the future or uh, just discuss things that you like. With other people, you know, remastered is all about great nostalgic things that you like from the '80s, the '90s, and even just a few years ago. Uh, talk about anything that you want on that forum. That's always fun. And buy stuff from the simplysyndicated.com store. There's some very reasonably priced media in there that helps us to go ahead and put out more for you to consume in the future. Absolutely. There's, there's actually, I'll take this opportunity to say, there's a lot more in the store since I built the new one. Uh, I'm now pretty much up to speed with everything that was in the old store. Uh, and so, it's a lot smoother too yeah it's just a lot nicer so I would actually say if you never heard Paddy's TV surprise if you never listened to Weekend Watches 
go and check these shows out. It's it's all good stuff. Especially Paddy's TV surprise. That's worth listening to. He's got a show coming soon. So Yeah, it's posted that he needs some help with the uh, the art for it. Apparently so. I didn't so rush to you, help him. If you, you know, I tried giving him something and I completely mistook what he's going to be talking about. He's he's doing this young man, old man thing. Yeah. Taking a young Padawan under his arm and helping him to uh, catch up on TV shows that he's never seen. And when he phrased it, he said, you know, Jason, I'm, I'm trying to do uh, some classic TV shows. I thought he meant like Barney Fife and Andy Griffith. Right. He didn't like classic mean. movies like, you know, the uh, like. 1930s and 40s so i made him this graphic that was like all nice black and white stuff and he's like oh, i kind of meant like 90s i think he's found a really young friend in canada <laughs> so if you have any penchant for graphic design go ahead and look on simply syndicated.com slash forums for paddy's information he's posted there about what he wants yeah if you have no idea who paddy is Get into the store, listen to Paddy's TV Surprise and many episodes of The Definitive Word, actually, that are all in there, and give him a listen. You'll find out that he's someone we knew once. Paddy's always fun to talk to. And living in Canada now, right? He is. He's Well, he's Canadian, apparently. The, the man named Paddy that I met in Leeds is Canadian. And so they, they had to let him in. He's got a membership card. Or whatever it is they have. <laughs> I don't know what they have. So yeah, that's why he's there. Doing stand-up comedy, or so he says. I think he just sneaks onto stages and has a friend take a picture. And then he puts that on Facebook saying, this is me doing a gig at whatever place. You know, Patty is probably one of the only ones I've never talked to from Simply Syndicated. He's never been on Atomic Trivia War. He hasn't, but then he's not been on anything for ages and ages. He did yeah. do a call-in once on the 24-hour live podcast. That's got to go in the store as well. I'll do that I, tomorrow. I really liked Patty's TV Surprise. That's a good one to listen to, especially if you like things like True Blood. There's quite a few he did. Um, there were, what, 13, 14 episodes? Yeah, Red, so Red Dwarf, Battlestar Galactica, Family Guy, Top Gear, Spaced, Frasier. That one might have been the one I was on, I think. Was I, I was definitely on one. Or was I on X Factor? Yeah, I was on the X Factor. If you want to hear me shout about Simon Cowell, that's the best 99 pence you'll ever spend in your life. <laughs> so I think that's everything, though. That's it. Yeah, yeah, we've covered the bases. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I do other shows as well, like Take It or Leave It, which is live at three on Sundays as well. And do ask, do tell. We need to put a new one out of those as well. I've two of them falling behind in the editing game. But then it's always been a hassle. So, right. I think that's that's us then. I think that's good. We're about to run out of recording time on my computer anyway. So that, uh, that wraps it up. We'll see everybody next week. Okay. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>